The VPM Daily Newscast is sponsored by Kanawa Capital Management. Your financial life is unique, complex, and dynamic. Kanawa Capital Management's team of credentialed professionals has been helping its clients build wealth and confidence through personalized planning and informed investing since 1989. Learn more at cancap.com. That's K-A-N-C-A-P.com. I'm Benjamin Dolly, and this is the VPM Daily Newscast. As of yesterday, Governor Ralph Northam is still showing no symptoms after testing positive for COVID-19. That's according to his spokesperson, Elena Yarmosky. Northam is working from the executive mansion where he's holding his usual meetings virtually and running on a treadmill for exercise. First Lady Pam Northam is showing symptoms similar to a cold, but remains in good spirits, Yarmosky says. The governor and First Lady have been under quarantine since September 23rd after an employee at the mansion was diagnosed with the illness. During the pandemic, state regulators have prevented utilities from cutting off residential service, but that's set to end on Monday. Yesterday, the State Corporation Commission rejected a request from Governor Ralph Northam to extend the moratorium until December. The SEC already granted two extensions. The commission said last month it would not allow any more. Lawmakers are currently debating proposals to help people pay overdue utility bills through repayment plans. The Virginia Senate rejected a Republican amendment to the state's budget bill that aimed to cover parents' virtual learning costs. Alan Rodriguez-Espinoza reports. The budget amendment aimed to give localities $300 million from the CARES Act to reimburse Virginia parents for virtual learning costs. This would have included costs for technology, tutoring, and child care. Parents would have received up to $500 per child. Republican Senators Stephen Newman and Siobhan Donovan proposed the budget amendment. Democrats struck it down in a 19-21 vote along party lines, expressing concerns with the bill's cost to the state's coronavirus relief budget. The full budget bill has yet to be finalized by the General Assembly during the special session. The House passed its version of the budget earlier this week. Alan Rodriguez-Espinosa, VPM News. Governor Ralph Northam and 10 other U.S. governors issued a joint statement this week on recent threats to the election. The statement called efforts to toss out ballots an assault on American democracy and vowed that all properly cast ballots will be counted. They said the pandemic would not compromise election security, citing the successful elections during the Civil War and both world wars. The governors also called on all elected leaders to speak loudly against any efforts to disenfranchise voters. Enslaved people built and maintained many of Virginia's historic institutions. Their history is often told from the perspective of their enslavers. As Ben Pavier reports, descendants of the enslaved are helping to change that. Last year, I took a tour of Virginia's two-century-old executive mansion. There was a lot of talk about furniture and decor. This large piece is the um, punch bowl and it holds eight gallons of punch. But Justin Um, Reed wants to take visitors somewhere else on the property, to a separate building. Reed's been working on this site in his role with the Virginia Humanities, the state office of the National Endowment for the Humanities. For more than 50 years, enslaved people served the governor from this stone kitchen. A few were able to receive letters from home. I said, give my love, my good husband Michael, tell him he can form no idea how much I have thought of him since he left this place and how much I've missed him. Written records from enslaved people like these letters are rare. That's a challenge for scholars like Reed, who is updating the history of the mansion to include the people who worked here. So he's turned to oral histories of slavery, stories he grew up with. I I can definitely talk about my enslaved ancestors because of the stories that, that my grandmother told me from her direct experience with them. 
Reed's ancestors were enslaved by the family of Jane Randolph Jefferson, Thomas Jefferson's mother. Governors like Jefferson brought enslaved people from their plantations to Richmond, where they played a key role in life at the Capitol. Now Reed is bringing together other descendants. Their goal, refocus the history of the mansion, overhauling everything from plaques to the tour. So this isn't a box to check. This is something that's that's integral to the story of the executive mansion. The work involves traumas that have been passed down through generations. But Carrie Mosley Hobbs, whose ancestors were enslaved by former Virginia Governor James Preston, says there's more to it than that. The cooking, the habits, the celebration, the art, all of that stuff passes down also. So if you want to document and get to know the enslaved community, you look at the descendants. One of Mosley Hobbs' ancestors, Virginia Fraction, was known as Aunt Ginny by the white children she helped raise and was buried in the Preston's family cemetery. Her brothers, Thomas and Othello Fraction, fled the plantation to join the Union Army. Mosley Hobbs says their stories add up to a more honest depiction of the enslaved. And when you focus on the truth, you're able to do what we haven't been able to do up until this point, which is really humanize the enslaved community. Descendants are also involved in projects across the state. We're in the middle of our history with slavery. We're not done with it yet. That became abundantly clear last year when reporters found a racist photo on Governor Ralph Northam's 1984 medical school yearbook page. While politicians have largely moved on from the scandal, some black activists say he hasn't shown enough leadership on issues like criminal justice reform. Historian Lorenette Lee gets that. I can understand the frustration because there is so much that needs to be done. Lee teaches at the University of Richmond and works alongside First Lady Pam Northam, who is a key backer of the Executive Mansion Project. Lee wants to connect their work at the mansion to modern Richmond. She's watched many of the city's Confederate statues topple this summer, asking, Why does it even matter when you have people who are being shot down in the street, when we have schools crumbling? But for Lee, monuments tell the story of who society looks up to. The enslaved people who built Richmond, who powered Virginia's economy, didn't get statues. But Justin Reed sees their mark everywhere. In many parts of this country, but especially in Virginia, you really can't go anywhere and and not enter a landscape of slavery. It's a history Reed says is best told by the ancestors of the people who lived it. Ben Pavier, VPM News. You can find all our stories online at vpm.org slash news. This has been the Daily VPM Newscast. VPM.